Hey everyone, it's Bobby. I just wanted to start this recording with a simple apology. I really goofed up on the audio and damn near ruined everything. Well, pretty much ruined everything. Johnny and Chase sound great, and Johnny has a great message here. If you can, fast forward through my audio recording. There's a weird echo thing happening. I'm really sorry. It sucks. I did not mean to ruin this episode. Please check it out. Give it a listen. Fast forward through my parts and enjoy this special deep dive that Johnny put together. Thanks again. We'll be better next week. Hope you're all doing great. Take care of yourselves. Welcome to The Casual Hour, a podcast ostensibly about video games, but mostly about being a gamer in your heart. Uh, I'm your host, Johnny Amazich. Uh, tonight, we're having a special deep dive episode. Uh, joining me, as always, uh, Mr. Bobby Pease. Hello, Bobby. Yo, yo, yo. And uh, Mr. Chase Kinnicky, the gamer on the go. Hi, Chase. It's me. Hi. Hey. Uh, so hi. tonight... Hi. 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 Just hi. say hi one. Okay. Um, uh, tonight we're doing a deep dive, and I haven't done one of these in a while. And uh, the reason do was... I was trying to do deep dives on the show? show? Not well. Believe it or not. Yeah. 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 Uh, nobody, nobody has a chance, chance to get, to get better. better. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was waiting for a book to come out uh, called uh, Ask Iwata. Uh, yep, don't show the cover, just show the spine. Smart, yeah, yeah. classic. classic. Uh, oh, wait, you don't have the jacket on? I, I took the, I hate reading books with dust jackets on them. This is what the cover looks like. <laughs> this is what the real cover looks like. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about uh, Satoru Iwata, uh, the late great president of Nintendo, uh, and uh, how laboratory, how laboratory programming whiz, uh, all around cool guy, and uh, he is a very uh, like special figure in gaming. And uh, I think all of us here have been personally, you know, affected by the games that he worked on and, and touched throughout his career. And I thought it would be fun to talk about him tonight. So, uh, what we're gonna do? I have a little, basically. Like a little essay I wrote uh, summarizing the first part of his career leading up to when he became president. I did. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) leading up to when he becomes president of Nintendo. And then since Chase also read the book, uh, I thought that after that, we could have more of a free form discussion about the book in general. Oh, I I know you were supposed to read read the book. It wasn't required reading. Chase just happened to get the book too. Mm. My my high school English teacher would be so impressed. I actually did the reading for once in my goddamn life. so, and then at the to end, kill a mockingbird? No, but what? I'll I'll read this. That book is amazing. It is not amazing. <laughs> I did not I did not enjoy that book. Oh, it's just okay. We can talk about how wrong you are later about that. Um, <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah. First, let's say Bobby. How much do you know about uh, Iwata? Like, how familiar are you with the man? Uh, the things that he he touched throughout his career. 
I'm not familiar with who he is. I don't know, I don't know the, the, the deep, deep cuts. cuts uh, I hope we get, get to learn a little bit about tonight. tonight. Okay. Do you like? Do you know any of the games that he like, he worked on uh, or put a, had a hand in getting like shipped out the door? Uh, uh, mostly mostly early NES games, games, correct? correct? Like, like first, first party, party into IP. IP. Golf? Yeah, I remember uh, they found a tribute to him on the Switch where they, they actually had golf mm-hmm. like, buried in the firmware somewhere. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah, he he was the uh, programmer on that. Uh, but he actually got his start in programming in high school. Uh, so when he was in high school, he acquired a programmable calculator. I also, I also like, like the, uh, maybe that's the, the person who read the book, book all the tough, tough questions. questions right, right, that's, 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 well, he assumes that I, because I did the reading, I know these things. Well, then why why also, no, just <laughs> to, to gain a base amount of knowledge of uh, what he's got to explain and what he does doesn't. Really I, really I, really I know. Then he, he tries to do God journalism. journalism. Real, 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 real. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, no, like, there, you know, there's a certain level of familiarity, you know, across gaming with, with him. And I didn't know how well you, like, obviously you knew he died, but I didn't, oh, anyway, no, I did. moving past that, um, this is off to a great start. Do you know anything, anything he's dead? dead. Did you, did you learn, learn anything, anything at, all? at all? Why are you here? <laughs> um, Bobby, did you know Satoru Iwata, Japanese? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Son of a bitch! I thought he was from Frankfurt, Germany. I, I told, told you, you I don't like anime, anime Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> well, strap yourself in. Um, it's called hentai, Bobby. And it's, oh, wow. It's you're, hard. Not, you're really... <laughs> was that Iwata rolling over. Wait, wait, hentai is... No, we're not talking about no. hentai oh. during a Satoru Iwata tribute. Please, no. Yeah. Um, okay, so anyway, uh, when he's in high school, he acquires a, a program- programmable-, programmable calculator made by HP. Uh, that his father helped him pay for once he'd saved up half for it. Uh, it was the same calculator that the Apollo astronauts used during the Apollo Soyuz test project. So it's being used by astronauts. So pretty, pretty advanced calculator. Uh, it didn't come with any instructions or guides for him to go by, so he basically had to figure out how to make this thing work on his own. Uh, you know, eventually, he became aware of all the different things he could do on this calculator, and one of the things he started doing was making games. Um, and he would make games in class, and he would pass it back and forth with uh, his classmate who sat next to him. Uh, and this was his introduction to programming. Uh, and that really set him down the path that he would take that would lead him you know, to becoming president of Nintendo and uh, uh, overseeing the development of the Wii and the DS and all that. Um, so, yeah, tonight we're going to talk about uh, Iwata, his life, uh, and the lasting legacy that he's left behind on the gaming industry. Uh, so I used the book along with some other articles and things that I read uh, as, you know, resources for this episode. Uh, and it's just like our way of paying a small little homage uh, to one of the more influential people that's ever worked in the industry. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, let, let's preface this for anybody listening. I you you will not have to have read the book to and Bobby, no. you'll you'll appreciate this. You will not have to have read the book for us to have a meaningful with. meaningful discussion on this. Um, and and I, I kind of want to talk about the book generally before Johnny digs in. Uh, I I it's a nice book. In that it is uh, pulling together a lot of nice things, but I don't think it's a great book. Uh, it is. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. For I think it's probably the best that you could do for someone who seem like seem famously didn't like talking about themselves. 
Sure. Um, yes. And, and the book, the book itself, the way it's set up, it it pulls a lot of articles that he wrote for uh, for the uh, Hobonichi Teko. Uh, 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 not uh, I forgot his first name. Etoys Company, the creator of Earthbound. Uh, he's uh, yeah. he had a, a a blog kind of thing that Iwata would sometimes contribute yeah. articles to. Um, and then it also took a few things from the Iwata Asks, and that's where the, the name mm-hmm. of the book comes from as well. The Iwata Asks segment uh, that Nintendo would do occasionally where Iwata would sit down with developers from a game that just came out from Nintendo and talk to them about, you know, where it came from and and any developer challenges. Or It was a really interesting look into the de- Nintendo development process, which is usually a very walled garden kind of thing. So it was it was really cool to see even this very manicured uh, segment with, with a, a corporate president talking to these people. But still, uh, there were some moments of, hey, remember that time back in like 1994 and we did yeah. this and that and that. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I, I Things that you wouldn't necessarily know. And those yeah. things would get translated too. So that was, and, that was pretty neat. Yeah, and, and he being coming from a programming background could dig deeper into those conversations than, you know, your maybe your average right, corporate right, right. president. And that's that was one of the other things that made them so interesting to watch is he and he could communicate on a level that most executives probably were incapable of doing. Yeah. Um, so it, it's mostly it's mostly like pulling together these different pieces of articles and things that he wrote. And uh, translating them. Right, yeah. and just kind of putting them together into this somewhat of an anthology, I guess. Um, but then it also has some uh, some words from both Sh- uh, Shigeru Miyamoto and uh, I remembered his other name. Uh, it's uh, Shigesato Itoi, mm-hmm. uh, because they were both very close to Iwata, and and so they. I feel like those are things that were written for the book, uh, not just pulled from somewhere. Yeah, else. yeah. At the very end, yeah. That that was my. Did you, you know all those things about, about the book? book? What? Did you, did you know, know all those things, things about, about the book? book? He did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, but but because it's kind of an anthology like that. Sorry, Johnny. I'll let you go. But um, um, because it's like that, I think it's just a really uneven book in that it doesn't it doesn't have a consistent flow to it. It doesn't tell a full story because it is just pulling these pieces out of things that he wrote and and things that he wrote on a on a wide variety of topics. So a lot of stuff feels relatively surface level or, or like really minuscule in the in the little factoids you get as you go through. But even still, I think it is an it's an interesting book. It's got some cool stuff in it. And yeah, uh, and I think it has some go ahead. It's just it's nice to have all this stuff in a language that we can read. <laughs> that's that's very true. Yeah. A lot of these articles that he wrote were only in Japanese. The Iwata ass stuff would come over, but not these uh yeah, these other ones. Um, but I, I think it also has some interesting philosophy kind of stuff mm-hmm. in there. His his philosophy on programming, his philosophy on being a president and and corporate culture. Uh, I thought it was really interesting the way he talks about interviewing people and, yeah. and doing twice yearly interviews with everybody in the company, or at least you know mm-hmm. at, at one point where he was still able to manage uh, talking to everybody in a single company. Yeah, at uh, how the the start of that. Um, yeah, that was he had a very unique approach to leadership. Uh and it seemed like he genuinely 
was cared about and was invested in the people that he was in charge of. He wasn't just there to turn a profit. You know, obviously that's the goal of these companies he, he was working for, but he was invested in the lives of the people who were in his employ. And that's, that's always refreshing uh, to see um, in any large company that, you know, the people behind the scenes, actually, it's not just there to keep us in the black. It's, we know that there are people here working, they have lives. And, you know, if, if they're doing well, then we're doing well. Um, so yeah, uh, he got his first taste for programming in high school. Uh, but he says it's the friend who sat next to him, uh, that, that he passed the calculator back and forth with who he credits as being his very first customer. Uh, he said, as human beings, unless we have someone to compliment our work and enjoy what we've created, we're not apt to go out on a limb. Uh, and that desire to create things that people enjoy and, and brings them happiness is something that uh, Iwata would continue doing uh, to larger and larger effect throughout his career. So it started with just simple little games using ASCII characters on this calculator, and eventually he would go on to do the things that he would do. You know, it's, um, it's impressive that we continue to do this podcast uh, because like, like Iwata says, like if nobody's actually watching to enjoy your work or has anything nice to say about it, then... You know, why do you even do it? And, exactly. I, there's and all, <laughs> we've done this for 219 episodes so far, and I'm still trying to figure figure out the positives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly, certainly not easy to die. I'll tell you that, that much. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Um, so in his first year of college, he spent all of his savings, uh, the money that he had been given, and even took out a loan to buy his first computer. Uh, it was a Commodore uh, PET, P-E-T, purchased from the Saibu de department store in Ikebukuro. Uh, he'd go there and uh, with the programs that he was making to share them with others. So there were people who would go to these stores who couldn't afford their own computers and just write their own programs because like, that they wanted to, to learn programming, they wanted to, to make software, but uh, computers at this time were you know, exorbitantly expensive. Not everyone could afford it. Yeah, I guess it would have been like the closest thing to an internet cafe mm -hmm. these days. Like, but much nerdier and for people yes. who... <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like, and no coffee. Uh, so yeah, the, and the people who he shared those programs with uh, and made connections with would turn out to be uh, very consequential in his life because uh, they, along with Iwata, would go on to form HAL Laboratory. Uh, the manager of the store, uh, who Awada and his other programming pals befriended, offered Awada a part-time job working as a programmer. He accepted. Uh, he worked at HAL throughout his college. Uh, his, throughout college, uh, he graduated on time, but admits he was not a model. Was not a model student, mostly because he was having too much fun working at HAL. Uh, he says, "My college works. My college coursework helped me understand the basics of computing. I'm glad I went, but most of the work I did later on." was a continuation of the things I taught myself. So uh, kind of a bit of a humble brag, I would say. Like, you know, I, I think I, I learned it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, after you that, Chase, does take a lot, lot to, to brag, brag about, about what you do. do. That's true. <laughs> uh, so after Humbly. he graduates, he moves into a full-time position. Uh, and being at such a small company, he was able to be involved in like very important decisions. Uh, for the company, despite how young he was. Uh, and he says in the book, this was an ideal opportunity since I enjoyed what I was doing so much that it didn't feel like work. Uh, so there's no one working above him on any matters of development. 
and so that made him the point person for all that stuff. Uh, you know, all dev matters were handled by him, and that led to yet another that led to yet another in a series of chance encounters that would eventually lead him to where he'd end up. Uh, so when the Famicom came out, uh, it was way more affordable than a PC, uh, and it was clearly the best choice uh, as a platform to make games on. Uh, so someone who was investing in HAL had a connection in Nintendo, and Iwata was able to use that connection to set up a meeting with Nintendo. Uh, he said, I was in my early 20s, dressed in a suit I clearly wasn't used to wearing. I showed up out of nowhere, just some newbie, and said, please let us work on something. I felt a little bold task. I felt a little bold asking for work like that, but in retrospect, I realized they were making themselves vulnerable too. Uh, and that that paid off. Uh, you know, Hal was enlisted to develop software for the Famicom, and Iwata made games like golf and pinball. Uh, the games were made on commission, so they you know they sold lots of copies, but Hal that had no effect on the money that Hal brought in. Uh, but still, he was just thrilled that there were people all around the world who were playing a game that he had made. Have um, you played that golf game? I feel like I have at one point. I have not played NES golf. I've only played Game Boy Golf, which you know I think is based on the same stuff. And I think he had a hand in Game Boy Golf as well, but I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. So he said. Uh, these creations that, once upon a time, had only been known to the friends seated next to me and reached people all over the world. What could be cooler than that? Uh, so over, over 10 years, Hal grew from a small shop of five, five employees up to 90. Iwata uh, was responsible for all development. Uh, before too long, he was manager, and eventually he was director of development. Uh, at, at 33, uh, he became president of Hal at the insistence of then-president of Nintendo, Hiroshi Yamauchi. Uh, so, as that happened, Hal became a second-party partner to Nintendo. This was also happened to be uh, when Hal had uh, a lot of debt that they had had built up, uh, 1.5 billion yens worth. And that was before Iwata became president. Like Correct. he, he stepped like, in. Oh, hey, congrats on being president! By the way, you know, here's all this debt. Um, yeah, so things weren't great. Uh, and this was also at the time when he started doing his interviews because, uh, you know, things weren't looking great for the company. And uh, he used these interviews as a way to to gauge how people were feeling, because obviously, you know, it has to be stressful working in a company that is potentially going to go under. Um, but also to get a full picture of, of yes, what was going on, like exactly. not, like knowing knowing everybody from the top brass down to. You know the the guy who makes copies or something like that. All those people have a hand in making the the company mm -hmm. run more efficiently, and and you know it, it's to John, what Johnny said earlier about him caring so much about the happiness of the workers, and you get better work out of out of people once when they are comfortable and and happy with their jobs. So uh, it's it's an interesting approach. You know, I've I've worked at a few businesses. Uh, office job kind of stuff in in the advertising industry, and, and you know we maybe have yearly check ins on some of that stuff, and and yeah. mostly it's about your own job performance, not about how are you uh, doing as a person, or not even that, but how do you think the company's doing? How right. do you like? I, I just wrote, um, I actually just wrote a, a a peer review for somebody else, but like that is again, that's that's about another person, and not how I feel like the company's going, how I feel like. 
the way we do things and if there was a potentially more efficient way of doing things. Mm-hmm. I guess they just hope that you ask, they hope that you speak up about some of that stuff and they don't ask you that stuff themselves. And I, and I think that was, that was something that really stuck with me with the book of, you know, when he was at HAL and, and even when he was at Nintendo, although Nintendo has quite a few more employees than HAL, yeah, uh, I think still... he would try to continue that practice mm-hmm. of continuing to, to ha- hold meetings and talk to people as much as he could. Yeah. Uh, I think so, look, I mean, I mean, sorry, sorry to jump, jump in there, Johnny, Johnny, but if you look at the culture that, that Nintendo has, has like, like, a, lot a lot of people are st- like, they're they're still, still very secretive. secretive. Like, 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 I don't really talk about, about it. it. I think, I think it, was it was last year, year maybe, maybe longer, when some, some of those leaks came out, out specifically around like, some, some of the assets for Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and how crazy it was to see that level of detail from Nintendo. But you don't keep that level of detail secret. In, in this day and age, age without, without like a deep respect for the culture of the company, and right. I mean, even, even though, though he's, he's been, been gone, gone now, what six, six seven, seven years? Six years, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, think I think that what, what he brought, brought into it, it, and this is going on obviously. There's, there's a lot of people beyond him that made it, but what he did to chase his point on investing in employees to make sure that they felt like they had a say, and like the social ownership of the company, company when, it when it came to a uh, community aspect. Like, I think they did a really, really nice job. And, I mean, you hear about it all the time. Like, like his, his legacy, legacy in that sense is still very, very much present in Nintendo. Nintendo. Like, like, as, as much, much as we want to be able to, like, peek through the curtains and, and see, like, these Schreier-esque reports that come out, out. Like, it's, it's still nice to know, to know that there's a lot, lot of pride and responsibility for making the environment what it is. Yeah, he, I mean, when when the Wii U wasn't doing well, he cut his salary in half and the other executives took like 10 to 20% pay cuts so that no one would have to be laid off mm-hmm. from Nintendo. Uh, and that just speaks, you, how often you hear about something like that happening? You know, Activision made more money than they had ever, and they <laughs> they laid off hundreds of people. Um, so, uh, so yeah, he says, uh, uh, simply put, I became president because we had no other option. Whether I was for it or against it didn't matter. When I'm convinced that I'm the best person for the job, I step up to the plate. So also a man of conviction. Like he he felt like he was he was ready for this. He was made to do this job. Uh so he went to work. And you know, he said he felt lucky to have the backing and the trust of his staff, even if they're and not so much in the company anymore. Uh but still he he began the process of paying off the debts uh that the company owed. They took out New debt to help keep afloat, uh, but uh, after six years and paying 250 million yen annually, uh, the young president was able to get Hal out of debt. Um, and uh, yeah, the the next thing I have here is t- the, the interviews that he started with people. Um, so one of the quotes I wrote down, he says, uh, "This is this stem this stems from his own ideal company to work for." As he put it, ask me what sort of company I would want to work for, and I would say a place where my boss understands me or a place where my boss cares about my quality of life. Uh, so he just he worked hard to be the type of boss that he would want to have, uh, taking time to get to know his employees and see how they were doing. Uh, no two interviews had the same question, save for the first one. Are you happy doing what you're doing? Uh, and he would talk to them until they reached some sort of relief. Uh, there are no limits on how long you'd be able to, to bend his ear. Uh, and it was just another thing that helped solidify trust in him. Uh, and for him, for Iwata, it was a valuable lesson in management. Uh, so 
yeah, it would be it would be tempting for anyone in that position to consider running away. Uh, but as you put it, you know, running running away would mean a lifetime of regret. And how could I run away after everything my friends and I had been through? Uh, he also shares his gratitude for his wife, who never questioned his, his decision to take on such a challenging and potentially doomed role. I mean, like I, I know that I know, I know how, how that goes. goes. Sarah, Sarah and I have long talked about, about this show, show and taking, taking on, on a doomed yeah. role here. <laughs> uh-huh. like, think of all, think of what you could be doing that would be so much more fulfilling and better for our family. Or, yeah, I, I know. I like obviously business culture is very different in some place like Japan. And I don't know if if you're the leader of a company that fails. I'm not sure if that reflects on you differently over there than it would if you were, you know, an executive in America and you oversaw a company that went under. Somebody I mean, I, I, before. You, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to like. I don't think just tokenize the word. I, I don't want to like make Japan seem like more about this this place of honor. No, 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 it really I, I, is. I, yeah, but, I'm admitting, I, I have no clue. Like, right, I just, but I do culture. Think, I do think there is from from the experience that I've seen, there is uh, more taking responsibility from mm-hmm. from Japanese businessmen than there would be in in America. I think in America, it's it's really easy to to pass the blame onto a number of different factors, and and in Japan, I think it's it's much more ingrained that if you're leading the ship, it's your fault. Like, regardless yeah. of where the actual fault came, it's your fault for not seeing that fault. Right. right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, and then uh, another thing that I thought was really interesting uh, is you know, during development cycle, you know, for games, different teams are busy at different times with within this, like, the development life cycle. Uh, and you know, Iwata would make it a point of helping out whichever team was busiest at that time. Uh, so during the height of the Super Famicom, uh, Super Nintendo, uh, and as Iwata put the company, as Iwata put it, the company got a lucky break and had some life breathed back into it uh, with the release of Kirby's Dreamland. Uh, what was supposed to be a Game Boy game under the name Twinkle Popo, I think that we've talked about that before at some point, mm-hmm. uh, changed to the game that we know today. Uh, after comments from uh, none other than Miyamoto, uh, he said this. He, he just said this game needs more attention. Uh, so Miyamoto told him that, and the release was was put off. Uh, what would we would get is Kirby's Dreamland. But something I learned uh, was that so the marketing and everything for this game was already in motion, and it caused kind of a small scandal that uh, how canceled or delayed this game and then put it out later. But, you know, from the perspective of the folks in sales, it was a mortal blow to our reputation, uh, he says in the book. However, uh, Kirby's Dreamland would go on to sell over 5 million copies, over 200 times the initial number of orders. Um, and so, yeah, from there, uh, in 2000... That game's not even that good. Yeah. No. Like, they didn't, even, they didn't even figure out the Kirby can suck up things to get their powers thing yet. Like, that game is all about just floating and jumping yeah. and... I mean, it's fine. Blown out puffs of air. He wasn't even pink yet. He was, he was flesh. flesh. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> He's just a full um, blob. <laughs> so, yeah, so in, in 2000, uh, he is hired by Nintendo. 
uh, after working very closely with him, you know, throughout basically his entire tenure at Hal, uh, and he's made its head of corporate planning division and took a seat on the board of directors. Uh, in 2002, he was named president, uh, and he was the only person not a member by blood or marriage of the Yamauchi family uh, to lead Nintendo. He was the first person not related to them at all. Uh, but that's that's how much faith Yamauchi had in him uh, to lead Nintendo. And he took them to heights that they hadn't seen since, what, the original Nintendo? I mean, I, mean, I, would, I would say, say yeah. uh, Super Nintendo? Yeah, yeah, Super Nintendo was, was pretty popular. popular. No. But, like, but you know, you, you were talking about how Yamauchi had had respect for him and, and uh, thought he would do the best job. And, and I think that was everybody. Like, there, mm-hmm. is, there are some quotes from, uh, from Miyamoto in there where it was like, well, hey, I'm the one who made fucking Mario. I mean, he yeah. didn't. Sorry, when I say quotes, this is not the quote. This is me. This is me paraphrasing a quote in the book. And he's like, "Hey, I made fucking Mario. You'd think that it might be me, yeah, but it's Kirby." Kirby. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and even though like Miyamoto made sense for the job and and probably could have done the job, there there was definitely like he the I don't know the exact quote, but the phrase is something like once I saw him, like, no, he, he's the one who can he's do the, the job. I had total confidence that he was the right guy for the job, and I was happy being in, in his or he was happy being in his yeah. position. Um, yeah, so he obviously uh, would you know, be there when the Wii was developed, and the DS, and the 3DS, and the Wii U, and uh, I'm sure that he had his hands... Uh, and the development of the Switch, but unfortunately he would pass away uh, before it was released. Um, but yeah, he he was a really interesting guy, um, and I have I had a few little blurbs that I stuck out to me uh, through various chapters in the book, and one of those was uh, shocking people in a good way. Uh, so, which sounds strange at first but then the more i think about it i'm like okay yeah no that's that's kind of nintendo's thing like they they're good at doing that you know like they're they're good at taking catching you off guard and it turns out a lot of times when they do that it's it's really amazing like yeah uh, I, can't, I can't remember if it was said in the book exactly but it's that idea of like that blue ocean mm-hmm. style of business where yeah. you know you were looking for the the place that nobody has gone before right and and that is definitely something nintendo has has stuck with uh, especially in iwata's time where we had something like the wii that was a completely different style of console we had the Mm -hmm. ds Uh, i think there's some really good stories about the ds yeah in, in this book uh, and yeah, how, how it we're going to release be. a console with two screens and it has a touch panel. It's, it's also interesting, interesting too, to your, your point, Chase, though, though like, like not, not only are they going, going to these unknown territories, but for a company that for the three of us, specifically here, here for the casual hour, hour I'm, I'm going to speak for us, Nintendo, Nintendo is kind of where we cut, cut our teeth, teeth with all of this. And, and, yeah, totally. and, and I think that we still to this day, like this show, the three of us together, would, would not, not exist without, without the things, things that Nintendo, Nintendo instilled in us that, you know, decades, decades ago. And I think, I think that nostalgia can only take you so far. And we've seen that happen where this past year we've talked about games like, like I know, I, 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 
I'm going to use stuff as a zombie, just as an example. example. Like that, that game, game I've talked about, about that's something, something I, I greatly enjoyed decades ago. But playing it again today, like it doesn't hold up, right? I can still fire up something from my childhood, from Nintendo that they've touched, and it still has that magic, and they built off of that. And like even today, like the stuff that Nintendo's putting out on the Switch, first-party stuff that they're putting out, like that still, at its core, follows a very specific set of rules. It still holds up, and it still is in a way going to areas that have been uncharted in 2021. Just, just the same, thing. and I think, I think there's something to be said about, about that, and like I'll, I'll forever, forever respect Nintendo for the, the, the level, level of care and, and control they put into their, their situations here. here. And and that's coming from known Switch hater Bobby Pease. So I that's hate the Switch. Switch. He does. He just. I don't hate it. it. I'm, just I'm just better than it. Than it okay. okay? <laughs> yeah. The Switch has confidence that you were the right man for the job. Mm. Mm. Uh, another thing I thought was interesting was how he related his programming skills and translated that into management. Uh, specifically, uh, you know, when, when something isn't working in a program, it's not the computer's fault that it's not working. It's the programmer's fault. And so, um, something that he, that's a nice he tried to get good. good. Yeah. Uh, so he, he liked to think if there was a miscommunication or, uh, you know, if something isn't working, like in a conversation with someone, he would always look and think, okay, what am I not doing here to like effectively communicate what I'm doing instead of blaming it on the other person, uh, which I think ties back into his like being the boss that he wishes he, he could have. Um, and uh, uh, see what me made, what me and Moto sees over your shoulder. Uh, I thought, okay. I don't know if I've read this story before, uh, but basically, uh, Miyamoto will just, when he's working on something, he'll just grab a random employee at Nintendo and then, like, like someone from, you know, the kitchen or like completely unrelated to yeah, games. Like somebody from the accounting department and is like, yeah. hey, just come here and come here here play this. do this. Yeah. And then he just watches over their shoulder to see what what they do with the game. I, I think that that's a really how bad they are. You suck, suck at this. this. Yeah, God, you're garbage. <laughs> um, but no, that's like... For... And, and other, other companies do that. I think they do it in a more formal way where they'll play bring testing. in yeah. playtesters or they'll bring in uh, focus sure. group people to, to take a look at a game. But there is there is something to, to that kind of uh, auteur-style approach of I'm just going to grab this one person and I'm going to uh, glean all I need to know out of this. It is, it is certainly taking small sample sizes. Um, but you know, there, yeah. there's definitely stuff you can glean out of that too. For sure. Um, yeah, Chase, what, what else stood out in the book to you? Um, one of the things, I mean, it's more of a Miyamoto thing than it is a, a Wada thing. It's that, that quote about, uh, I, I misquote it because I, I don't know if I've heard it a different way or if mm -hmm. I developed it this way myself, I, I can't remember, but, uh, the, the idea of, uh, a good idea being able to solve multiple problems. Yeah. And and I think the way I've always heard it or said it is like a good idea solves one problem, a great idea solves multiple problems at the same time, which is not exactly what the quote was, but uh, it, functionally it, it's the same thing. And even Miyamoto in his part in the book goes like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm credited with saying it. I don't remember saying it, and I yeah. know a lot of... He swears uh, was the one, yeah, like he's the one who preaches it like the gospel. 
and and that is like, that is always something that I've thought about, uh, especially in my job. It's like I, I'm a copywriter at an advertising agency, and you know, will will this word choice make multiple things work? Does that does that is that able to connect with the customer and uh, talk about the product better and do this other thing? Uh, that is always something that's kind of stuck with me, and it's interesting that you know Awada is kind of that sponge where he remembers things. It's I, I don't think they said he had yeah, a photographic had a memory or something like memory. that, but he did have a very good memory, and yeah. so he's able to remember those nuggets of knowledge. Uh, and, and also, he just wanted to better people all the time, and himself included. He would read a lot of books. I, I know that was something that got uh, talked about in the book, mm. where yep. he would just be this avid reader. Uh, especially of things that he didn't know. And when he first became you know, a company president, it was business books because uh, he just needed to know more about business and felt like reading about it was the, the fastest way for him to get that. And he would then, if he found a, a particular book or a particular part of a particular book interesting, he would uh, share that book with other people or even make reading lists for other executives or other people in the company like, hey, if you want to learn something that I just learned and thought was really interesting and cool and maybe a direction that we like this book take out. our company. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought right. that stuff was really, really Yeah. Cool. Or teaching himself English, like, you know, to, to give a speech in English. Right. He, he would then go on to give numerous speeches in English. Um, I think the, the one that I, I quoted at the beginning, uh, but the one that always kind of sticks with me is, you know, on, in my mind, I'm a programmer. On my business card, I'm a corporate executive. My heart, I'm a gamer. And I think yeah. he 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 just strove to create things that that were were good. Um, this last line in the Iwata chapter of this just because they they would have lunch together every Monday, and uh, Miyamoto, him, him and Miyamoto, Iwata and Miyamoto, yeah, and yeah. and Iwata would often come to him the following week and say, "Hey, I've." I think I figured out your problem. And uh, Mimoto says, you know, when I'm eating lunch, he isn't there to say, I think I figured out your problem, which leaves me feeling stuck sometimes. I really miss him. So that, that kind of broke my heart to read that. Um, but it just, it, I don't know, it was, it was really nice. Like, I think these last two chapters uh, being written specifically for this book mm -hmm. uh, maybe had the most impact uh whereas everything else like chase said it was you know a collection of various blog entries and and snippets from ask um and, and i think part of it also when i'm reading the book uh it, it was edited and, and put together by the hobonichi company mm -hmm. which is etoy's company yeah because um, they do they do a lot more than just make you know three mother games and call it a day um they, they do <laughs> they do a lot of things um but I think partially because they had so much firsthand experience, because it's mm -hmm. their company, there is a lot of lip service paid to how Iwata um, got introduced to Itoi through Yamauchi. Uh, I guess Yamauchi had been trying to get these two together for a long, for a long time, time, and they can yeah. do interesting things. And then when Earthbound was in development, they'd already made Mother One, oh. uh, which hadn't come yeah. out to America, but they were working on Earthbound. And it was just uh, a mess. Like they, they going just well. weren't going to get it done, and they were having a lot of development problems. And uh, Etoy called up Iwata. 
they got together. Iwata looked through everything they had, and and the the quote the quote was something like, you know, if uh, we can do this two ways, and and that was I think that's what Itoi really appreciated is that he yeah. gave him the option. He didn't just say this is how it has to be, but he gave him the option. You know, we can. We can use what's here, and we can get this thing done in, what was it, two years? Two years. <laughs> two or, or we can start from scratch, and I think we can get this done in half a year. Yep, and, and it shipped a year later. And it, half, a year, half a year later. I think they, they nailed it, didn't they? I, I think I like the time, the, when the game mm-hmm. came out, it was a okay. year after that point. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Also, uh, uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver... That, and that one's not in the book. That, that was, sorry, I was getting back to that point of, like, they talk a lot about Earthbound here and that great story of how he came in and, and helped and fixed everything. And also in there, it wasn't that he just came in himself and did all this, because the other part of that story is he actually, you know, despite scrapping a lot of what they had and starting from, starting from scratch, he didn't just make it all himself. He included that full team in there. Yep. Um, and and so it wasn't a case of all your work was garbage. I'm going to do it myself. It was really a, a collaborative thing. But yes, like it's there's so much Earthbound stuff in here. And my favorite story is the one Johnny's telling about gold and silver. Why don't you Why don't you keep going on that? Yeah. Uh, so the only reason that we have Kanto, right? Kanto. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So the only reason Kanto is in that game uh, is because Iwata did some programming wizardry and found a way to cram that map in there on that I, I think card. they were I think they were struggling with the game size to begin mm-hmm. with just yeah. even with the the second the the initial Johto region and when yeah. he came in like, he was able to compress some things and crazy mechanics like oh there's your problem because they said yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> on top of like, like a whole map system, system you've got, got how many, many Pokemon have they added on, on Gen 2 100 yeah, yeah i mean like, like that that's that that pokemon yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. I mean, like, that's, that's got to be a feat, a feat in itself, itself like, 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 at that, that point in time, bringing that stuff in there. Yeah, yeah and that was... On, on the Game Boy, for sure. And that was such a pleasant surprise to get to the end of that game. And, like, hey, by the way, you get to go here, and you can get all eight of these badges. Um, we haven't really gotten that again, have we? I mean, no. there, there's certainly been post-game stuff, but it's yeah. not... Like, hey, here's the whole other region from yeah. the last game. Yeah, oh, that um, so cool. Him and uh, uh, not Miyazaki. Uh, oh my god, Miyamoto. No, Smash Brothers. Oh, Sakurai. Sakurai. Uh, he he and Sakurai worked on Smash Brothers. To, it was like it was like the Postal Service, the video game, because they would uh, Sakurai would send designs and stuff and then Iwata would add in the code and it was like you know they thought it was really fun uh and then obviously like later on they'd add in all the Nintendo characters but it started out just being these real simple poly models that they just thought was fun to to use these items and beat each other and, each and other. this part in the book, but I, I know uh, was it Smash Brothers Ultimate or was it Brawl? I can't remember which one it was but Iwata announced it on stage or something at, at an event. I think mm-hmm. it might have been at an E3. Oh, yeah. I, later was like, I didn't know they were going to announce that. Uh, oh. I didn't know I was working <laughs> on it, but apparently I am. But, um, but I, I think some of that might have been done in jest because those two were also so close and, mm-hmm. and good friends and worked together. So he, he respected Iwata to know, like, okay, if you, if you need me to make, make another one of these, I'll make another one of these. I will. 
I will make it my life's work to bring nothing but Smash Brothers to you people. And oh it's, my it's God. greatly appreciated, Mr. Sakurai. Yes, um, absolutely. But also put Isaac in the game. Uh, Pokemon Stadium wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this man. Because yeah. uh, what, what was it, Chase? Was it the... Was it the, not the source code? It was some... I don't remember on Stadium. Yeah, but it, it, like Pokemon Stadium wouldn't exist without Iwata. He also worked on the original Pokemon Snap. Uh, yeah, the Pokemon Snap stories were interesting. I guess part of that was just me playing the new Pokemon mm-hmm. Snap while also reading this book. But I, I didn't know that story, that the that Pokemon Snap originally was just a photography game mm-hmm. and didn't have anything to do with Pokemon or yeah. any Nintendo stuff. And he and Miyamoto were having a conversation about the game, about how it was going. And Awada said, like, you know what people like taking photos, you know what people would like taking photos of is Pokemon after they've been thinking about this for a long, long time. And that was just the perfect thing. They were right. How many times do you think that Awada had had to stop stop what he was was doing doing, for Miyamoto Miyamoto to measure measure something? something. Like, like, just, just like, like they're, they're like dead, dead set, set like, like talking, talking about something. Hang on a second. second. I gotta, I gotta go measure, measure this door frame. frame. I think it's, it's six feet. feet. Let me Let double check. check. <laughs> I bet. I bet, you, uh, I bet. I bet those would be. If I understood Japanese, I bet those would be some very interesting conversations to be a fly on the wall for. Mm-hmm. Just hearing these guys talk through their creative process. Um, you know, even even as one as a president of a company, and certainly trying to think of more things than than just uh you know creative pursuits but like the like the uh corporate executive on the business card uh quote he he was such a well-rounded person when it came to all these aspects yeah. uh, you know of business of creative pursuits of of the more hardcore programming stuff and and i think that's why he was such an effective leader is because he really did uh, you know, if you want a boss that understands you, he's a boss who understood multiple aspects of game development because he made games on his own before, because he'd run a game company before, because now he's running uh, a big publishing company like Nintendo. That is, uh, he was he was just able to understand people on on a lot of different levels. Yep. And, and, uh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Bobby. There's there's, there's, there's a, a quote. quote. That I, think I think about, about like, like, like hearing, hearing you talk, talk about, about it, it like, like also just knowing, knowing what I know about him. him. Um, that, that I, I I've always liked this quote a lot, and, and I think he talks a lot about his style of leadership, especially. But it's, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to get wood, divide work, and give orders instead, teaching the year for the long, the vast, and endless sea. And I think that like he has done an amazing job of saying, like, hey, here's where we want to go, right? This is a destination for it. Rather than, than like, like, I mean, I mean like, especially, especially like, like look, I don't, I don't know everything about Nintendo. I don't know everything about the industry I'm about to like reference. But I think, I think the three, three of us have been around, around enough stories in the last several years about culture and workplaces, workplaces that aren't great. great. I mean, you mentioned Activision having, having bonuses, bonuses and letting people go in the same breath. breath. But, but I think that when you look at the values aspect of it, like, like his, his leadership, leadership style, style, he made people want to chase these dreams, dreams with him, even if they were their initial ideas. And like, I, think I think he attracted that talent. And it's just, just like, like that, that sort of leadership is a very rare form of leadership. It's, it's, it's very genuine. And yeah, yeah it's just really, really cool, cool to hear. Very, very, very cool stuff. It, it, yeah. It's a really cool thing. I, I like that quote because it is, 
because of what that represents. Because if you give some, if you give everybody a goal, you don't have to be lording over them and micromanaging them because they will naturally, you know, want to do things to contribute to that goal. Yes. And and they'll end up, you know, being inspired to do things on their own and and maybe maybe do something that you wouldn't think of that could be better. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that's, yeah. I, I like that quote a lot. And then the other quote that. Uh, I think it might get misused a little bit, and they even talk a little bit about its misuse in the book, but he he has a quote of programmers never say no. Yep. And and it sounds like, it, it can be construed into something like, well, if you, you just have to do whatever anybody tells you. you. You literally can't say no. If you take it literally like that, um, it sounds like a bad quote. But I think it's more about not not dismissing an idea out of hand yeah it is it is being willing to accept an idea and not necessarily doing it just as asked but to make it a conversation to not just uh, you know we, we have to say things. no we can't do this thing it's impossible right right i mean we have similar things when we do brainstorms uh in in my company of you know, there you hear there are no bad ideas, and that's also false. There are definitely bad ideas, but there are bad ideas that trigger something in somebody's yeah. mind to get to a good idea. Yeah. It's worth having the conversation. Right. Um, uh, an example I, he gives is yeah. What was the example? He told, he told them like, "Hey, the Wii needs to be the same size as three DVD cases stacked on top of each other." Right. And he's like, "You know, I don't know if they can do this, but." This is, I'm going to tell them that it needs to be this way. And they did it. They made that work. And also, oh, and by the way, it needs to not have the fan running whenever the system is powered off because I don't want people to hear it whenever it's not being used. Um, yeah. yeah. And do, you, do, you do you think that's, that's their, their biggest, biggest achievement? Hardware-wise? Hardware -wise? Like, like, like thinking about like the nuts and bolts that went into something, something like out of all the As far as like bringing video games to the masses, to the general population, I think the Wii is about as close as anything has come in well, an online. I mean, there, I don't know. It may, I mean, the NES I mean, like kind of single-handedly resuscitated what was a like what an industry that people thought was just gone was a phase it's dead um, I'm saying like, like more, more engineering, engineering feet, like, like what you're saying, saying like needs to be, be this, this tall, tall like like oh um out of, out of what Nintendo's put, put out, out like I mean the, the switch, switch is pretty impressive, impressive that, that, no, are you really, forgetting about the virtual boy the virtual boy we joke but it was sure it was impressive at the time this is one of a kind thing Here's a different type of technology. You haven't seen this before. It's it's pushing what games can be. You know, no, yes, it was a miss. It didn't quite work out. It it did have a lot of issues with it. it. It's kind of a handheld thing, but you couldn't play it really handheld. You couldn't take it with you on the go because it needed to be set up on a table. Um, but the technology itself worked. Yeah, Burn yeah. your eyes out, but yeah. <laughs> it worked. Um, Bobby, I th the Game Boy... I mean, having a system like that that you can take with you wherever you go, and now we have the Switch, you know, being the latest example of their history of trying to make their things more accessible. Um, the game yeah, is pretty I mean, impressive, in my, my opinion. opinion. I mean, when I had a GBA and I was able to play Super Nintendo games on this tiny little thing, 
That's See, I'd probably, cool. I'd probably say DS uh, if, if you were mm -hmm. asking me a question like that. And I think, I think it more comes from the expectations versus, versus reality. Like the expectations when we saw that, when we heard the name, when we looked at it, and we're like, what the hell is this? What, the, what is this? Why are people, two screens? How are people going to play a game with two screens? You can only look at one screen at a time. This is stupid. And the, the way it was engineered, the way that they made games for it, uh, the implementation of all those things, I think, really did lead to uh, a big success. Well, obviously, it led to a big success for Nintendo. That was that was one of their best-selling consoles. Um, you know, we talk about how the Wii broke into the mainstream, but you think about games like Nintendogs, you think about Brain Training uh, or Brain Age, um, you, you think about a lot of the DS games that and we saw. Fucking Beyonce in a commercial for uh, I think it was Nintendogs. Yeah, Brain, uh, we, we Brain saw, Age, another Iwata mm -hmm. idea. We saw, we saw Phoebe. We saw one of the friends. We saw one of the Lisa Kudrow uh, in commercials for for the DS. Like that, that did break into the mainstream in a way that a lot of other systems, especially handheld systems, uh, just couldn't do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that is that is Iwata. Uh, that was all about the book. Ask Iwata if you. Are interested at all in learning about this guy um it's available at your local library yeah <laughs> you, know, you know the library, library. Uh, yeah uh, it is it's a pretty good book i read it in two sessions uh it yeah. is it is relatively short it's, uh, it's a short easy read uh but it's full yeah, of interesting like 100, 150 pages like mm -hmm. nothing nothing too bad at all and and some of those pages there are sections that are uh, like bullet pointed things of just like here are little nuggets of wisdom from Wada, yeah. and and so those are even shorter pages. So it is a really quick read. Uh, yeah. it's, like I'm not a person who reads a ton of stuff, and it was it was still a, a pretty breezy breezy thing for me. So yeah. if if you're interested, I think it's cool. Uh, also, I think what's really cool. It's going to be hard to show up on here. Yeah, you can see it. The S and the I yeah. are slightly lighter red for Satoru Iwata. I think that's, that's, that's cool. cool. That's cool. I just I think that's I like that smart a design. Absolutely. Well done. Yeah. Johnny um, doesn't have that because he doesn't have his book jacket on. It's it's around here somewhere. I can't read books with the jacket on. It drives me crazy. There's no resale value if you don't have the book jacket. I'm not reselling it. <laughs> well, Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah. Let, me let me switch, switch this over, over here. here. Try, Try and get, get this, this shit all organized for us. Sorry, Sorry folks, you're seeing how the sausage is made, made for a second, second here. here. Oh, that's clean. I like that. I like that look. Uh, there, there we go. There we go. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> all right, almost. almost. Um, good enough. Good enough as, as we wrap, wrap up here. here. So, uh, Johnny, Johnny, outside, outside of the deep dive, dive we've, we've, we've got, got a lot, lot happening here uh, at the show, and I'm, I'm really excited about kind of some things, things that are coming, coming up. up. You, you, uh, you and Chase, Chase are going to record, record a video. We do not, do not have, have a stream on Friday, Friday nights this week. week. Uh, I'm going to be out of town, and uh, these two, I mean, Johnny, Johnny can you tell me about, about a book, book, let alone run, run the stream. stream. So we're going to cancel our Friday night stream this week, and it's probably good because you're going to rest up for Monday. Which, which casual, casual Monday's, Monday's kicking, kicking off. Chase, Chase and, and I are going to start a. It's going to be a hike. 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 We're going to. It's, it's the, the casual, casual Monday. Monday the, the banner saga saga. saga. We'll, we'll, we'll begin, begin, 
and uh, we'll, we'll be playing for the first time, time but at least for me, I think for you too, the entirety of the, the first installation of that yeah. game. I never finished it. I, I got a decent way in, but again, I've, I've almost certainly forgotten everything from that because it was like seven, eight years ago at this point. Absolutely. Uh, uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah it should, should be a good time. time. And, and then, then uh, we'll, we'll be, be back, back next week with what you've been playing on Wednesday. Wednesday. And, then, and then there's, there's a, couple a couple new games, games that are coming out this weekend, weekend that we're all very excited for. for. Yes. Um, Subnautica Below Zero and the Mass, Mass Effect Legendary, Legendary Collection. Um, Chase, Chase, Chase curls his lip up at Subnautica Below, below Zero. zero. No, I'm curling my lip at everything. Like, I, you know, I don't think it's a very exciting weekend. You didn't even mention the the good game coming out this Friday. I mentioned, I mentioned two, two very, very good, good ones. ones. Yeah, what's... What, 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 come on, Famicom Detective Club! Oh, oh God. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to play that day one, but I am very interested in seeing what those games are both about. Um, so we so have, have those games coming out. out. I, don't I don't know what next Friday will look like. like. We, uh, we, we could, could all three play something. Um, next, next week we're going to be hopefully recording a quick, quick look with like a couple friends, friends of the show for that, that new game, Hood Outlaws. Outlaws. Uh, we've got, got uh, a couple, couple people lined up to, to join all of us as we record, record what, what that, that new PvPVE game looks like. like. Maybe we'll play some Destiny next Friday. There's a new season going on. We all have that game that is an old favorite. So, so you, you might, might see us uh, playing a little bit of that. that. But, but beyond, beyond all those things, things, if you want to find out what's going on in between now and then, at Casual Hour across all social places, places to be. Uh, uh, we've got some clips up on TikTok. Uh, you, can you can find out most, most of our schedule stuff on Twitch and or um, uh, Twitter. Twitter. But if, but if you're listening to this, that means, that means you found, found us online. Podcasts are happening. Every Friday we post our episodes. Every Wednesday night we record them live. I will I put, put the links link up now and in, in, in our show notes as well, well if you want to see them there. there. And, and outside, outside of that stuff, stuff of the show, show Chase, the Game on the Go, go. what do you, you got going on? Uh, you know, Gamers on the Go is still working on, <laughs> I've said this for weeks and it's still true, Bobby and I are still playing through a game that we'll talk about eventually for Gamers on the Go once that gets finished. And then as you can see in our in our chat stream here, uh, I also have a YouTube link there. You can go and watch me play Super Robot Wars X Part 5, just uh, just released as we were speaking on this podcast. Uh, so if you're listening to this, it's out. You can go watch that. Uh, Bobby joins me. Oh, it's probably going to be a couple weeks <laughs> until Bobby's episode comes on. Uh, but Bobby joined me for an episode. Uh, I hope to get Johnny, who is now a huge fan of, of mechs and robots. Uh, yes. to come on the show at some point because uh, it's more fun to, to play in front of somebody uh, than, than just kind of play by yourself. Absolutely. But yeah, that's that's been a lot of fun. Really, really cool to do that. Those new episodes, one comes out as we record here on Wednesdays and then the other episode will come out on Saturdays at noon. Central. Absolutely. And Johnny, Johnny between, between reading, reading your, your book, book, yes. what, what are, are you doing, doing uh, outside, outside of your, your book, book and, and the show? show? Oh man! Uh, so I I scanned all those magic cards. That yeah. Now <laughs> um, uh, oh, let's keep it going. Fourteen hundred and one cards. That's a lot of cards. Uh, valued at around two hundred dollars, according to the TCG Player app that I use for the whole thing. For for everything. Two hundred bucks. Yep. You paid how much for this nine, lot of cards? Nine dollars American is what I paid for that. Pretty good deal. Uh, I I have no clue <laughs> what I'm going to do with these cards. 
I could I could maybe play with them. I could build some decks, maybe. Um, and uh, Jude and I did play Magic together for the first time the other night, and uh, I think he had fun. I was basically playing for the two of us, and also trying to remember how to play this game because it's been so fucking long since. It's, I it's complicated, it. especially with like what activates on what parts of the turn order. Mm-hmm. That that can be tough stuff to remember. Yeah, so we, uh, I've got some decks. Uh, I'd be happy to to you know run around at some point. And maybe I'd like play, to have you two guys over, play some Pokemon, some play some Magic. Um, and yeah, I've been I've been getting into the well, not getting into. I've been dragged back into the Pokemon cards uh one of my one of my friends good friend of the show pierce corshane uh hit me up and asked me if i had any of my old base set pokemon cards and i ended up having some and apparently some of those are a little expensive these days chase is saying he's he's retiring early oh yeah uh, uh, he's gonna join elon musk on a super yacht yeah gonna and, trade in uh, trade in all my pokemon cards for dogecoin seems like exactly. a really great investment these days. wise investment uh, but yeah i i'm i'm i mean i'm not shocked it is it's a, just another thing commodity for people to buy and sell but i am i'm pretty surprised at the the prices that some of those original hey you yeah. can thank cards your, your friend, friend jake, jake paul, paul for that, that. Yeah, no, yeah, certainly. And, uh, uh, you know, actually, well, when we when we both got when we all of us got into Pokemon cards, when Johnny was just introduced yeah. into to Pokemon cards, uh, I remember we wanted to do like a, a meetup where we played. This was pre pandemic. Um, so we just met up and played some Pokemon cards and we wanted to grab like a big booster box and open a bunch of stuff. And I looked at a booster box of just, oh, well, what was the base set? Because the base set's the one I know. Right. I know all these cards. And they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> these, these, the booster box is so expensive. Yeah. Who knows? It might have that, that first edition holographic Charizard in it. And then you'd be, you know, rich. Yeah. Rich. rich. Maybe. Uh, um, that was a crazy yeah, so- you're, You're playing, playing Magic, Magic Gathering, Gathering your son. I'm, I'm sure that that is as, as exhausting as it is for me to hear for you. Um, what, what else? And I'm playing Super Robot Wars, which is also exhausting for me. I was just tired. tired. He's just so tired these uh, days. We've been playing some Pokemon, too. We uh, played that together. Uh, finally, I built, finally, 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 Minecraft. Minecraft. So you might be able to see them on camera. Uh, I built those uh, Scout Trooper and Darth Vader Lego guys. Um... Yeah, things are going well. Okay. okay. Uh, well, well, that, that is going to conclude our deep dive, deep dive this week here at Casual, Casual Hour. Uh, if you enjoy what we're doing, doing, give us a follow where we are at. at. Like, like, subscribe, ring, ring the bell. bell. Help, Help Johnny be more, more patient, patient father. father. Whatever, whatever you can, can do. do. <laughs> um, it's too late for that. We would appreciate it. it. Uh, go, go watch some of those Super Robot videos and like it. Subscribe to Chase and our channel on YouTube. New, 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 new quick phone note tomorrow morning from our well, like like to listen to this one up yesterday. yesterday. Uh, we'll, we'll have a quick, quick up, up and uh, should be a good, good time. So we'll, we'll be back, back on Monday, Monday night with, with the, the first casual Monday, Monday the Banner Saga. 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 Take, Take care, care everybody. everybody. See ya.